Hello and welcome to Irish Ears, a Disney fancast. On the pod, we aim to be your Irish viewpoint on Disney news, with a heavy focus on our second home, Disneyland Paris. And we did it, episode two, which means we can officially call ourselves a multi-episode podcast. Thank you for all your feedback in episode one, and we are determined to improve episode after episode. Megan, who are you? Hi, I'm Megan. I'm a Disney Instagrammer and TikToker from Belfast and a mini mouse super fan. I'm Stuart, a Disney dad from Dublin. I run Disneyland Paris Tips for Irish. I love Disneyland Paris, all things Marvel, and I'm basically Buzz Lightyear if you had an Irish switch. So let's get straight into the latest news as we record this on Tuesday, June 20th. First again, unfortunately, we're going to talk about the strikes at DLP. Um, Still not resolved. The latest update is that yesterday we had what was meant to be a full day of strikes, but it didn't actually turn out to be that intense. What do you think? No, I was expecting it to be a lot worse yesterday. I feel like the statement that was put out by the unions made it sound like it could have been a a full day of park closure, basically, but it didn't really seem to to be as uh, disruptive to people as as we thought. I kind of just saw some people, a crowd of them going through studios and then some sort of marching towards the castle, but I didn't see any kind of major interruptions to the fireworks or anything. Yeah, I think the fireworks went ahead. Um, they seemed to enter the parks at about 10, 11 this time, which was a little bit later. As you said, they entered in studios and then they went over to the main park. I think a few Dream and Shine Bride got cancelled and Disney Stars on Parade got cancelled. Um, so the strikers did us a favour there <laughs> with that <laughs> one. But um, yeah, there, there's no budge from Disney and there, there's not, nothing planned until August in regard to talks. So I guess... This, there's no more news about when the next strike is going to be. Um, so we're just going to sit tight day on day. But it looks like if this thing could well drag on to August now, I feel like if Disney aren't going to step in and come to the table now, we're in June, Like I, I can't see them bringing forward a solution no. before August unless things yeah. really, really escalate. One thing I think there's been a bit of a flip-flop in the kind of hearts and minds of the public on this because after dreams got cancelled a week or two ago i don't know about you i personally got an awful lot of backlash from prospective guests that you know the protesters had gone a step too far and they just didn't understand how i think it was just the fact that disneyland paris on the night as well waited so long to cancel dreams so you know an hour or two after most people start queuing at you know dreams on at 11 so they start queuing from nearly eight, half eight like and Disneyland Paris waited until half 10, quarter to 11 to cancel the whole show. Um, and my God, there was a big backlash and I had to, had to close City Hall. But I think after that, then the protesters um, gave the weekend off entirely because there was a Make-A-Wish event on that entire weekend. And then since then, um, as, as yesterday we've seen, it's been kind of low key and not as heated i would say the, the the protests but on the flip side of that i don't know about you but in the last few days maybe just because i was on i was actually over there <laughs> but i mean just just an outpouring of love for the cast members um to me personally because like people have been going on trips and they haven't really been seeing face-to-face cast members and they've when they come back from the trips with they're kind of the background thoughts of the strikes that's going on and the fact that a lot of cast members are unhappy with their paying conditions. They come back and they realize that these cast members are making magic and they're making their holidays. Like it's not, it's not the castle that makes the holiday as Bob Chapek uh, would disagree with. It's not the buildings. 
it's the cast members. So that's definitely, I think we've swung back around now and there's a huge groundswell of, of people just supporting the cast members at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that because I think people are starting to see when things get disrupted, you know, whenever Dream and Shine Brighter doesn't happen, when Stars on Parade doesn't happen, when rides close, people really are starting to see that it's without these cast members, there is no Disneyland Paris. They are the ones who are making all this happen. Without them, there's no rides, no shows. And, you know, I've seen some pretty poor takes. I'm not going to lie on the internet this week. Uh, people saying, you know, if you're not happy mm. with your conditions, just quit. But what if all of those cast members did quit? Who Who's going to bring the magic? Like, it's not an inviting job for other people to apply to if they've seen other people walk out. And now, obviously, it's been really well publicized how the paying conditions, it's not going to make people want to apply to work there. So I think Disney just need to sort of come in, take, take the hit and meet with the cast members, come to some sort of a solution because I don't think either party are going to be backing down anytime soon. No, and like these people's careers, like a lot of people are there 31 years since 92, since it opened. And even if you're not there 31 years, you could be there five, 10 years and have your roots put down in Marin the Valley. And you could be, even if you're in, just after joining Disneyland Paris, you could be signed up for a three or four year college course. And you can't just uproot and move yourself to, you know, a, a world-class entertainment venue to get another job. You know, there's not like, I know there's a few theme parks in the area, but let's be honest, Disneyland Paris is the biggest theme park attraction in Europe. And working so, for Disney is a dream for so many, especially, um, I would say maybe those as well, especially in the entertainment department. I mean, what greater job in entertainment could you have than working for a company like Disney? It's not just a kind of a weekend tidying yourself over kind of job. These people are so passionate about what they do. They're brilliant at what they do. And I think you'll agree with me. They d deserve the world and more. So they do and they deserve to kind of they deserve to want to want to do a great job you know it's such a difference such a difference when the cast member wants to do a great job right so we'll move on to the new um concept art that was revealed for disney village and we got a kind of a miniature i'd say a long landscape concept of what the shops will look like in the village um not gonna say it looks that exciting from a point of a personality point of view. Like, I mean, when Disney Village opened in 92, it was just full of color and flair and like, I don't know, what's your, what's your thoughts on it? Like, are you happy with this kind of corporatization? To be honest, I think if anyone has been to um, the likes of Downtown Disney and Disney Springs over in the States, it's, it's kind of a copy and paste. It's got, I, I think it looks very corporate and, I know that that's kind of the direction that they want to move into, but I think we are going to end up really missing the the loud colors and the the retro feel that the Disney Village has had since it opened. I I would love to see the Disney Village be a roaring success, but just looking at that concept art, it just looks a bit bland to me, and it looks as though it's uh just really a change of facade on the front really as opposed to a remodeling of the village it just looks like they're just doing up the shop fronts and changing what's inside them a little bit you know um just mm. it it seems to be a wee bit similar and that you know you've got your disney fashion your disney gallery like the shops seem to be very similar to what they were before i don't doesn't they don't seem to be bringing in um at least from the concept art any kind of outside names or anything like that to come in it looks like it's still very much you know disney owned disney centric 
Yeah, and I think that one or two of the restaurants are going to be owned by the same people who run the Royal Pub. And if that's anything to go by, we're looking at... Spoons. Very small... Yeah, well, spoons on a, on a, on a different budget altogether. Like, it's €25 Euro for a very small dinner in the Royal Pub and upwards of €10 Euro for a pint. Now, the pint of Guinness is good. Don't get me wrong. And the, and the staff working in the Royal Pub are all very well trained and everything, but they're just... like. Let's just see. We'll just see what happens. Um, it's good that Disney Village is getting some love. And hopefully, as ever, the employees and the cast members will make it. Do you know? Yep. We're relying on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Uh, so, so moving inside of Disneyland Paris then, and we have just news uh, today, uh, Tuesday 20th of June, that the Asgard pedestal is being replaced or being renovated again. Um, for those who don't know, this is inside Avengers Campus and the Asgard pedestal is where Thor and Loki come out and do a kind of interactive show. They pull up um, one or two guests and you know you get to try and lift Thor's hammer and see if you're worthy and Loki has a bit of banter with everyone and it's all good crack. But what's not good crack is the crack that's been put in the pedestal by guests climbing on the pedestal. So if you can picture it, it's kind of about four or five feet tall, kind of hip hip high, and guests maybe of a certain age, maybe who should be better behaved, um, take it upon themselves to jump on top of this pedestal and perhaps take a picture, etc. And it was not made for that. It's not made of Asgardian um, limestone. So just, I mean, we just wanted to have a, a general chit-chat here about guest behavior in the parks because a few months ago, um a video went viral of another group of guests who were running circles around the mini slash mickey mural uh flower beds out the front of this disneyland hotel so I, I know these people aren't listening to the podcast because you know everyone listening to the podcast are surely angels but i don't know what we're going to do about guest behavior at disneyland paris like we've I've discussed this with other people who visit often and they've said, oh, maybe Disneyland Paris could do a education campaign or some sort of informational thing. Like Disneyland Paris don't mention at all when you're there to kind of behave yourself. So you shouldn't have is there to. anything that can be done? It's it's just like one of those things, you know, where we say we say this all the time on Twitter, every time we say it, it's but this is why we can't have nice things because people just take advantage of those nice things being there. I mean, like you said about the planters, um, I'm not sure maybe we're talking about the same video, but I've seen a video mm. that was on going around Twitter of a lady actually lifting her child, putting them in the planter to take pictures yeah. of them. And it's like, that's not even children's behavior. That's the parents' behavior, picking these toddlers up and putting them in a flower bed. You know, it's, it's I don't know, maybe we're just model citizens or something, but it just wouldn't occur to me to, you know, climb on something that's not meant to be climbed on and just on that um incident in avengers campus does that mean now that that show can't go ahead um or is there going to be a modified version of the show or what way is that being resolved until it's fixed uh, let's not ruin the magic here but thor's hammer um activates with the pedestal so without the pedestal that section can't go ahead of the show right. but i mean these guys are professionals they can create magic out of nowhere without the pedestal being there so I, I trust the cast members to do a great job kind of filling in but yeah like yeah I went to May 4th and as soon as the Mandalorian came out there was people like nearly climbing the trees to see this this fella 
and it's just like i don't know this is the world we're living these days but if anyone listening if you're going if you're going with your kids or whatever you know just just take a second to think should i be doing this <laughs> right moving on to better news which is the massive this, this is groundbreaking news megan groundbreaking news and i know you're very um you're very passionate about the water bottle situation in disneyland paris and your mega tip for me a few weeks ago was that the water bottle uh, fountains Extremely. in the arcades are the best taps to go to because they're connected to the toilets <laughs> so yes because they're always on they're always on and i take a lot of flack about this on facebook and on social media people yelling at me telling me you told me the water fountains would be on and they are on all the ones in the indoor arcades are always on the ones outside are switched off when it's too cold but i promise you arcade alpha no, and beta is that what they're discovery. called no they're not that's not what they're called they're called um discovery arcade and liberty arcade those arcade uh, water fountains are always switched on so that's a nice wee tip for saving some money yeah and um, now we have a world-class bottle filling station in videopolis which is similar to the one that's in Avengers Campus. It basically has two taps either side and then a bottle filler where you just put your bottle in and you press the button and down comes beautiful H2O. So Vide like, <laughs> so Videopolis has been upgraded once more from a place that you can just chill, watch old Mickey and Minnie shorts and get your, your burger and chill during the summer and keep warm during the winter to now a top quality H2O station within Videopolis. And not only at the moment, yes, not only at the moment, but you can now meet Minnie or a friend in a meet and greet. And I had the absolute pleasure, I won't spoil the rest of the episode, but because we're going to get to my trip later on, but I had the absolute pleasure of partaking in this meet and greet. And I can say it lived up to my expectations entirely. So keep listening to the rest of the episode to hear my take on my trip. Rendezvous Gourmand is currently on in studios and i think it's fantastic i know some people are kind of like oh well it's just it, they're just food stalls and the quality of food probably isn't that great but when you're used to the quality of food in studios i mean i'd be happy with a supermax really 100 percent. i think studios is usually you know without the, that festival being on they're very much lacking in good food outlets and i think it's nice to have those stalls there you know different times of the year uh you know i've actually liked everything that i've got um from those stalls whenever i've been yeah. visiting i thought it's been you know it's been all right and it brings a nice buzz as well i think around especially around like um where the ratatouille kind of area is that kind of walkway down to that section of the park can be a bit you know empty and bland but um you know you get nice smells too it really like enhances the kind of parisian feel when you can smell the crepes and smell whatever else that they're cooking i think it's great yeah and they actually have some like i know around plaster emmy is all french stuff but up then towards kind of how would you call it in behind the frozen show and in behind terror of terror there there's like an asian stall there's a spanish stall a greek stall and these are doing like you know i wouldn't say authentic food because you know it's disneyland paris but it would pass for authentic food they have sushi they have sushi in Disneyland Paris. What? Yes. What? I don't like it, but they have it. And um, <laughs> they have churros. Churros in Disneyland oh, Paris. Oh, no way. Yes. 
And with are they good churros? Are they acceptable churros? They look grand to me, yeah. They look grand to me. Now, they're obviously not. Not not frozen out of they're not frozen out of Auchan, are they? Ah, uh, well, who knows? But like, I mean, we're not comparing to the U.S. parks here, but Disneyland Paris famously has not had churros, and now it has churros for a few more months, I'd say, up until probably the end of beggars can't be choosers, I suppose. Yeah, up until probably the end of summer, I'd say they run this, um, and then it turns into hiver gourmand, which is uh, winter. Um, I had a I had a great time celebrating Donald's birthday. I don't know about you. I did it remotely. He's such a legend. Yep, me too. What a legend. Um, what a legend. For that special day, we had treats in the in the parks. We had a special little cake that was Donald's bum, which was his little his little <laughs> his little tail Aww. his little tail sticking up, and you were enticed to um, take a bite. Really, they handed out collectible That's cards. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I just think I love the way they're doing that now for all the like VIP characters. They're getting their own little birthday celebrations. I think that's lovely. And it's a nice surprise because I think a lot of guests that kind of come for the day, they don't always would, wouldn't be as hardcore as us knowledge wise and knowing when all the different characters birthdays are. So imagine turning up and just kind of then seeing like a Donald Duck celebration or a Goofy celebration. It's just like an extra little perk for being there on that day. It's nice. I'm glad they're doing that. Yeah. Like everyone loves Donald and he's a, He's a right quacker, that's for sure. Hmm. <laughs> right, so Prince's Breakfast is back. And once again, I slipped my way into Ober de Cendrillon and bagged myself an unscheduled um, reservation, which was not a reservation because it just turned up. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing this, it's very busy. But at the moment, there seems to be kind of ramping up um, the capacity. And yeah, I went in for, for Prince's breakfast and it was lovely and it was great value and it was everything that I hoped it would be, uh, like mainly due to the cast members, obviously, but the food was exactly the same as it was um, about three years ago, three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so the breakfast is these like dodgy sausages that we're all used to in Disneyland Paris. Nice bit of scrambled egg. Real sausages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, who knows what's in them? Bit of scrambled egg, uh, <laughs> bit of kind of um, baby potato and onion kind of mix, and then a Cinderella um, little waffle, potato waffle thing. Hmm. And then um, there was like a little afternoon tea tray of croissants and pan au chocolats, and then some jams and honey and things like that. Yeah, so I had an absolute blast. The princess that were looking enough to meet me were Snow White, <laughs> Ariel, and Cinderella. And they were all just completely charming. And obviously, I was there for the content, obviously. So um, obviously. it's a bit strange for, well, not a bit strange, but I felt a bit non-standard to be there alone and just the princesses coming up. But they were all entirely wonderful and entirely lovely. And I had a grand old time. And I would re- totally recommend it to anyone else. It's it's 60 euro for adults and 40 euro for children. And I think if you book it via your hotel, um, it's 50 euro for adults for some reason it's difference difference in price i i don't understand that price difference at all but like you've sold it to me i really hope i get to go this weekend i'm really hoping to to squeeze in on sunday so fingers crossed it sounds like a really good experience and it def- definitely by the sound of the amount of food you got sounds like it's definitely worth that money yeah i was stuffed and to be fair like, like that's an awful lot of time saved in princess pavilion i know you love princess pavilion but 
Oh, I hate the Princess <laughs> Pavilion. I hate the Princess Pavilion. I've no, 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 like shame in saying it. I think it's just ridiculous to have to queue for two hours for one princess. I would recommend, honestly, the Princess Dining to anybody if it's within your budget. It is one hundred percent worth spending that money for the time that you save. Because, like, when you think about that, like you said, three princesses. Imagine queuing two hours each. For them and that's six hours basically back that you've got from your holiday yeah incredible i like like I that's what that's the way anytime that's the way i always think of character dining is you know three princesses now i must say just to note the amount of princesses you're meant to meet in lunch breakfast or dinner is not guaranteed i know everyone says you'll probably meet four princesses at lunch and dinner and you'll probably meet three at breakfast but if you meet less than that although you might feel a bit peeved um there's nothing that they can do about it like it's it's called a princess dining experience but nowhere in the terms and conditions does it say you're going to definitely meet a single princess so just be careful on that point um i know some people have been disappointed by meeting less than what the average would be but i didn't get mini i didn't get we're we calling her queen mini or we're calling her princess mini I think princess just because it's a princess breakfast. Okay. I mean, I call her queen. She's queen to me. <laughs> but I think the costume, the official title for the costume is Princess Minnie. That's my dream meet and greet. Like, you shouldn't be a jealous person, but I absolutely am every time I see someone taking pictures with her in that outfit because that's just, I would pay, I would pay that 60 euro to meet Minnie on her own in that outfit. Like, never mind the food, never mind yeah. the other princesses. <laughs> for Minnie, I would pay that 60 euro hands down, no problem yeah so anyway book it in it's on the app now it just dropped on the app there last weekend and you can book it in via your disney booking that you have either with disney direct or with a travel agent just get in touch with them and you can book it in for slots and things like that um so moving on to the little mermaid show yeah i i caught that it was another tick the boxes something that i wanted really wanted to see and do um, and i thought it was like much better than the reception he was getting and much better than the kind of minimal hype that it's been getting so it's just mm. it's kind of tucked around like when you walk into studios you can't see it because the state the little mini stage they have set up is actually facing avengers campus so when you walk down studio one and take a left to go towards avengers campus if you don't know about this aerial show or little mermaid show you will not see it you have to kind of look around the side and then they don't have published mm. times for the show as well so it kind of just happens now luckily it was happening when i walked into studios so I got to see them singing um, Under the Sea. And the main oh, the main singer who kind of plays, I don't think he plays Sebastian, but he definitely takes the role of Sebastian in the songs and things. I don't like I don't mm -hmm. think he's meant to be Sebastian. But he's fantastic. I don't think Ariel sings at all in the show, um, which is a bit of a no. missed opportunity. But I mean, how are you going to live up to um, Halle Bailey, really? So we'll just... Oh we'll keep our expectations low but that lad is fantastic and like ariel is beautiful and is is dancing around the place and then talks you know so you get the kind of vibe of the movie um i think they were just she's beautiful i think I, yeah sorry go ahead no i think they were just playing it safe i think they were just playing it safe they didn't know the reception the movie would get they didn't want to invest anything in the promotion and i think the disappointment yeah. too i think some of the less favorable reviews that have come through of it has been because people have maybe seen what um what disney world are doing and what disneyland are doing where they're having you know the meet and greet um with ariel and 
maybe people are kind of comparing the two, feeling that Paris maybe should have had a meet and greet. And we covered this on the last episode. But I think most of the negative feedback I've seen hasn't really even been about the show itself. It's just kind of disappointment that you can't actually meet her properly. Yeah. Well, like, again, not to create a frenzy here, but, like, they don't rush off after the show. So if if you want to be extremely kind and extremely um, polite, you could ask for a selfie or something like that. Like, you know, don't, don't, don't push, obviously, in. But, you know, these people are human and they're cast members and they're, they're there to make magic. So, you know, all they can say is no. But yeah, I I I I loved it. Like the music was great, dancing was great. Um, they they do play about three or four songs, and it's all live singing. So, like, it's fantastic. And I, I think it's really a shame that a lot of people I've seen comment sections that are less than um, let's say, nice about the movie, and they're from people who haven't seen the movie. They made up their mind before they watched the movie Aww. that they were not going to like it because of a certain change, and that is a crying shame because the movie is fantastic. And what um, Halle Bailey has done with the character is fantastic. And I would say that if you haven't seen it yet, um, to go see it. Because it's honestly, like, I only saw the Aladdin um, motion picture, the, the live motion picture version on Disney Plus, like, years after it came out. And I loved it. And you ranked that up oh. there with Little Mermaid remake. So It's my, yeah it's my favorite the Aladdin live action is my favorite live action then the little mermaid is so close underneath it and i'm critical of live action films they're the only two that i would probably go back and watch again so that that's a high compliment high praise from me for the little mermaid so if you haven't seen it definitely go and see it on the big screen before it comes back to disney plus because it'll look great on disney plus but it'll be even better on the big screen oh it's fantastic on the big screen i was like wow i didn't even see it in 3d i, I saw it in imax and it was like full screen, full color, very loud. And I just, I loved it, yeah. I just, and like, I suppose we might as well talk about some other movies that are coming out under the Disney uh, family. We have Elemental, which mm-hmm. was very quiet um, release. Oh, I haven't seen real any Real shame, because I, yeah. I saw the trailer. Um, I saw the trailer for Elemental when I went to see The Little Mermaid, and I thought, my God, that looks fantastic. Like, really cute, really interesting concept. The characters would be very cute as a meet and greet let me just put that out there um i i think they've kind of done them dirty promotional wise i think that could be a really really good film that they're sleeping on yeah i saw but... someone saying online there that pixar seems to be getting done dirty with just general promotion lately we had um they've had so many good ones out in the last couple of years that have just been put straight onto disney plus no theatrical release and like turning red would be the one that always comes to my mind mm. that i think that was a really fantastic movie and i think had that got a theatrical release it maybe would have taken off a bit more than it did i think that one kind of got sidelined a wee bit yeah well obviously their hand was kind of forced by the the panini but like a lot mm. of movies probably should have seen maybe a re-release or i don't know like it would um but there's another movie coming called wish and wish mm-hmm. is getting great hype so i don't know if that's that pick that's not pixar is it they couldn't be doing two movies at the same time uh i think it is pixar at least it certainly looks like a pixar one when you see the like the, the uh the trailers that were teased i think it was at d23 they mm. put on out a wee snippet of it it looks good as well i think to me it all looks good it's just not getting the the back end and you know what i think is a big part of that as well i don't want to get too sidetracked but the, the lack of disney stores 
because that's how i always used to know they had new movies coming out when you walk into the disney store and the front of the disney store has all the stuff from the latest movie um i i don't know whether that was just me but i think if 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 other people if other people felt it that way that they that's how they find out about new releases and there's no disney store yeah maybe we should run a run a little survey of of dublin Uh, cinema attendances (laughs) now that we're like pretty much are we like london still has its disney store doesn't it yeah, they're the only yeah. two left, London and Dublin. Okay. That's it. Wow. And I have no news about those stores closing, so please God, we'll keep them forevermore. No, don't put that into the universe. Don't put that out there. Right, so that wraps up our little Disneyland Paris uh, mini news. I'm going to get to my trip later on, which I'm going to be interrogated by the lovely Megan here, our, our roving reporter. <laughs> so we'll move on <laughs> then to international news and discussion. discussion. So um, first up, we have... Bruno Madrigal officially, apparently coming to Walt Disney World, which is great. I think, did you see him or was he in California already? Yes, I met him at the Oogie Boogie Bash um, last October. I don't think he's been back since. I think he was just like a special um, exclusive character for that event. But, you know, fair play to Disneyland Resort because the film had just come out that year and they got Bruno straight into their first event there. Um, but it is nice now to see Walt Disney World getting him as well because he was a fantastic mate. You know, if you cast Bruno well, like he he's really like the one we met anyway. When we met Bruno, he was very kind of um, on edge, as as you would imagine. Yeah, yeah. And you know, everything you said to him, he kind of went, "Why'd you say that? What's going on?" Like he was <laughs> just he was perfect. He was perfect, and I think that he perfect comedy factor for some really really good meets there so i'm glad walt disney world guests are getting to experience him soon yeah and like encanto up oh, encanto and moana i feel in the parks are massively unrepresented and they're always the ones that people ask me and um, where can i get moana merches mer- merchandise where can i get um encanto merchandise and it's just like no sorry you might get little you know um kind of secondary characters as little teddy bears and things like that but like mm. and maybe a dress here or there but like there's nothing really it's just quite in shame turning red as well yeah well hopefully they 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 hear us and they they bring the madrigals to disneyland paris soon manifest that Manife- manifestation that. right moving on to i, I suppose mm-hmm. we wanted to talk about tron tron had a massive hype in walt disney world and um i love the movies i love the soundtrack um, it's one of those ones that's kind of like up there with the Avengers soundtrack that you kind of makes the hairs in the back of your neck stand up. Um, the ride itself looked right on topic. Like it looked like an incredible representation of the movie, uh, the, the movies. And um, like I suppose the sidetrack to that is that the Tron coaster, apparently, rumor mill, was an order of three Tron coasters. Right, right. Yes, and obviously we have one in Shanghai, we have one in Walt Disney World, and apparently the one that's slated for Disneyland Paris might turn into a Star Wars um, spin on the Tron coaster, which will fit in behind Space Mountain. Oh. Yeah. I'll take it. We, anything yeah. new for the Disney Park? I don't. It is for the Disneyland Park. I don't care what it is, what movie it's themed to. We need something new in there for sure. So I will take whatever form they want to put this roller coaster in as rumored, rumored We've coaster. We got a new water fountain in Videopolis. What, what do you want? 
Oh, well, I suppose, I suppose we should count ourselves lucky. Okay, so moving on to Disney Company News, I suppose, well, just a, a tidbit of Disney Company News, that Christine McCarthy, Chief Financial Officer, stepped down. Um, I think it was cited for, for family reasons. Um, yeah, that's pa- what they put down. Obviously, the papers yeah, yeah. in America are, are running, just ignoring that fact and, you know, giving their opinion on why oh, she should have went in the first place, which is terrible. That's the world we live in these days. I know she is a bit of a controversial character. She's had her moments, but I think whenever you do, like when somebody's stepping down from such a high post because of, you know, family reasons or health reasons, like a good person can't help but feel a bit of sympathy there and, you know, extend the well wishes, hope that she or whoever from her family is unwell, hope they get better. And yeah. Yeah. So Disney are in a bit of a spot here because they're, they're looking for a CFO and they're looking for well, ongoing and looking for a CEO to replace Bob Iger during his two-year stint. So maybe the same person can just think... melt together. <laughs> oh, good God. Depends who it is. Depends who it is. But um, I don't know. I, I'm struggling to see the back of Iger already. Like, I, I don't know if he will. I know he said he's only doing two years, but I feel like if they can't find an adequate enough replacement for him, I don't know if he would step down for somebody who's just okay. I think they yeah. want to find the right person. Like, obviously, Josh is right up there to be replaced. Josh Damara, who's Disney Parks um, president, I suppose, is probably his title. I'm not yes, sure, but it's he's definitely... head, of Dis- head of Parks and Experiences, I think, is the official yeah. title or was his official title. So you need someone who's going to be able to be in the room with, like, you know, the French president <laughs> and hold their mm-hmm. ground or, or stand up to Ron DeSantis in Florida. Like, you, you need someone who has that sort of level of gravitas and like Bob Iger could step into a presidential role in any country if he wanted to. <laughs> mm. he might do that and I think Josh is very personable I think Josh has um you know he's very charismatic we know when guests meet him and when celebrities go to the parks and they meet with Josh they seem really really fond of him and I think that's that's really good and like he's quite I don't want to take put this I don't know how to put this he's young he's quite young he's got a lot of business years left in him that it's not like they're hiring someone who's close to retirement age. You know, if somebody like Josh could step up to one of the higher jobs, they could be holding on to him for quite a while. And I think that's good as well, you know, to have some longevity there because you just don't want all these sort of the big wigs at Disney all retiring at once. And then they'll be put into even stickier wicket a couple of years down the line. So he could be, he could be in line for one of those posts. Who knows? Yeah. Cause you really need, you need people who are going to believe in the dream, I suppose. And when you have mm. someone who's, I, I just, judging by his pictures he's under 50 or maybe i know he's going salt and pepper but i think he's under 50 so if he has a vision for disney for the next 20 years i mean it's either his way or you get out of the company pretty much whereas Mm. if you know that there's a fella who's you know over 70 and he's only coming in for two years and you might just keep your head down for two years and wait till he moves on and then you know it's just better for everyone to believe in the dream and to get on board the the kind of train of thought that the new successor would have. And hopefully the person has pretty much the same. I know Bob Iger isn't perfect and there's an awful lot going on in Disney, in the Walt Disney company that isn't perfect at the moment, but mm-hmm. like compared to some of the more recent appointments, um, we're just happy we yeah. have him at the moment. Exactly. We'd all rather him than his, uh, 
original successor. Precessor. I'm going to let you lead with um, Oogie Boogie News because I know it's your, he's your bae. Oh, I love anything Halloween related. And I just threw this onto the list because I thought it sounded amazing. Um, but at Hollywood Studios in Florida, they have announced a Nightmare Before Christmas sing-along coming to their Hyperion Theatre as part of Disney Jollywood Nights. And it includes appearances by Jack Skellington and Oogie Boogie. Like, that sounds fantastic. Why can't we get that at Disneyland Paris was my first thought. Like, we've got that Videopolis Theatre. Could we have a Nightmare Before Christmas sing-along at Halloween in there? Could Jack yes. Skellington be there? Could Sally be there? Of course they could. Let's do it. Like, it, it just sounds like something that would really fit into Disneyland Paris Halloween. And I'm so jealous of anyone going over to Walt Disney World over Halloween who's going to get to see this because, oh, it's, it's just it's right up my street. I think it sounds fantastic. And the American parks, they run Halloween for three months or so. Oh, so Halloween, I think in starts in august at least in california for sure it starts in august like the halloween party we're going to this year is in september so they really do go for it over there so you get it they get a pretty good long run out of all these shows as well um yeah like we've we discussed before like what what are disneyland paris going to do with these ticketed events the soirees the halloween party's gone the new year's eve party's gone so who knows what they're going to do um hopefully they work it out and we can have like who knows let's give them a chance with this series of kind of enhanced nights and a season of what they're going to do for halloween in disneyland paris because they're promised that the whole month's going to be better than it was because there's no party yeah <laughs> if, they, if they can pull it off if they can pull off an enhanced version without putting the costs up that could be really really good for them you know they may if if, if they pull it off they might just stick with it and not go back to the ticketed parties which is a win for guests too as well because that means they get to stay in the parks late they don't have to put any extra money in their pockets to attend the halloween soiree i think if they can pull this off it is going to be a win-win yeah and if it is they pull one it thing off that is, yeah it is one thing that is commented by particularly people comparing the american parks to disneyland paris is that disneyland paris does a lot more for free do you know mm-hmm. like they they do Obviously, the American parks have more ticketed events, and they're probably a little bit cheaper than Disneyland Paris's kind of upwards of a hundred. They're, they're expensive. Maybe. I think it's that they're expensive, but they don't sell as many tickets. They're not as overcrowded. We certainly find right. that with the Oogie Boogie Bash. Okay. Like it's expensive, but there's less people there, so you get to do more in the night. So you feel like you're getting so much more out of it because you're not stuck in long lines all night. And I think I like it that way. I really think that that that's the way to go for Disneyland Paris. I feel like sometimes with their ticketed events, they do oversell and everything gets crowded and you don't really get to achieve that much on the night because you're stuck in long lines. <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so we'll Disneyland see. Resort <laughs> Pride Night. That was just a big Clarabelle party, wasn't it? Oh my goodness. Those videos of Clarabelle. I, every other video on my For You for you page is Clarabelle like strutting down Main Street, like RuPaul style. She really, really stole the show. I think it's great. I think she's an underrated character and she's getting her moment, but their Pride Night looked unbelievable. Like the different characters that they had out and about, they had the muses from Hercules that you could like go and talk to and take pictures with. They had a bunch of Star Wars characters out, that, like Tarzan characters. I'm so gutted that I didn't get to go to it. It looked amazing. Um, but it's so good to see Disney in America having their first Disney run 
pride events they have to be applauded for that um obviously it was always going to be california before it was going to be florida i don't think we're mm-hmm. ever going to get that in florida at least not anytime soon but it is good that they are kind of taking that stand in california saying you know we're here for this community um clearly a lot of effort went into the event and the the governor of or the state governor of california was at the event shaking hands with guests and wishing everyone a happy pride month amazing his name's escaped me now but like that was really really heartwarming to see and there's a TikTok by um the disney vlogger rj um and he made a whole video dedicated to the fact that the governor was there because he was so touched and moved that they'd made the effort to come out and you know we're showing their support and actively saying you know we're here for you we support this we're so glad you're here and all this it was just it was just lovely yeah and like obviously california is doing whatever it can to be basically the antithesis of florida right now <laughs> after literally, literally after um disney um canceled the move of the imagineers studios from uh, burbank down to florida so i mean mm-hmm. that's gotta that's gotta win a few a few votes back in in california and you would like to think that there's an awful lot of sincerity in like in a politician turning up at a disney park but I, I think, you know, it's great. The community, you know, needs all the help it can get in America right now. And certainly does. Part two coming up. So Stuart, you are just back from a whirlwind whirlwind weekend at DLP. And I thought it would be nice just for this segment of the podcast to talk a little bit about your trip, what you got up to, and of course, your coverage of Disneyland Paris Pride, which looked like a great old time. Um, I have a couple of questions put up together here for you, but obviously um, chat away. I would love to hear all about it, but I think we should probably start with the basics. Uh, like how long were you in Paris for? Where did you stay? Help me with it. Yeah. So a lot of people are going to fall off their chair when they hear about my, my trip routines, because I pack so much into these mini trips. Like I'm just going by myself, solo trip. Do you know, I don't want to, take much time away from family life and this was a weekend because Saturday was the pride party so um I have to really do so much in this amount of time so I flew Aer Lingus from Dublin to Charles de Gaulle the flight was my EI 524 <laughs> um yeah, that's I've, I, I take that flight about eight times a year I think it is and mm. um, it was a neo airplane which is lovely they're the other ones with the lie back uh seats i wasn't in one of those oh, business class seats but i was just down in, in steerage seat 2070 um but yeah flew into charles de gaulle and um had a transfer waiting for me and beautiful transfer and i stayed in the hotel lelice which is absolutely fantastic i would have no problem recommending that to the president of Ireland it's it's honestly it's fantastic 
I don't know anybody who could go there and be unimpressed. I think mm. it's up there like a miniature version. Think Hotel New York, okay? Now strip away Disney, yep. strip away Marvel, and strip away the size. And the finish mm. of everything is so high quality. Like it's, sum- it's summed up by the fact that they have, you know, like Rituals, that brand that does smelly things in the, in supermarkets. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rituals. They do the shampoo and, and conditioner and uh, soap in the toilets. So that just sums it up, really. Um, you know, Where does it Andrew- fall budget-wise in terms so, of like... Yeah, so um... my, my one night there was 150 euro for a double room. Um, that was That's... through Expedia and that was non-refundable. So I suppose most people book refundable um probably pushing it up to probably 170 180 and i think i just got a good price so you're probably looking at about 200 um and that again that was a double room so it wasn't a quad room you know if people are looking for or a double double room you know where people are looking for uh, like friends staying etc or like a family staying it, it it's the higher end of off-site hotels up there with the likes of relay spa but mm. It's fantastic. The quality in the it place. It sounds like you did get a good price there because mm. last year I found certainly for Disneyland Paris Pride Weekend, a lot of the offsite hotels really hiked their prices up. You know, 150 was, you know, that's that's pretty good for that weekend because I guess hotels know how popular it is and there's going to be people from all over coming to it. So it sounds like you got quite a good deal. I'll definitely check it out next time I'm planning a way offsite trip. Yeah, and it's a partner hotel. So you walk into the hotel and there's official um, Disneyland Paris brochures um, there's a shuttle bus from in front of the hotel that serves the two Adagio um, mm-hmm. residences or whatever you call them. <laughs> um, and it's eight minutes on the shuttle from door to door, oh, which is fantastic. No distance. And you enter, yeah, you enter by the, the Five Guys roundabout, which is, you know, superior entrance for Disneyland Paris because you get to see the hotel straight away and it's generally quieter. So there's no one there checking for security like reasons. There's like, it's super chill. I just, I'm a big fan of that hotel now. And it'll take, like, if I was looking at Adagio Saris, which is perfect for what it is, because you can walk to the parks really easily. Um, if I was looking at Adagio Saris at kind of 150 and um, Lelise was 200, I would, I would go for Lelise just for that 50 quid extra mm. for the, for the, for the luxury. Yeah. Brilliant. That, that's good to know. And good for mm. everyone listening to as well, because I don't feel like that hotel's really talked about um, as much as some of the other kind of partner hotels like um, Campanile and those Andy, kind of ones. Uh, sorry, Andy, just Andy from Disney Paris. Andy lets me know that there's a fantastic Sunday brunch on Ooh. in that hotel, which I'm not sure if it's bottomless champagne, but I would assume so. <laughs> but she says that it's like she's she's a local to Val d'Europe and mm-hmm. she goes there to that hotel just to to go somewhere nice. So that I trust her food me. opinions one hundred percent. Like <laughs> I think if Andy says the food's good, it's good. Yeah. Um sure. Okay, so shall we move on to the Pride events itself then? Um just yeah, so how much did you pay for the tickets? Did you go for standard or did you go for the early entry kind of ones? Um what did what did you end up going for? Yeah, so like I, I, I knew I was going to this event after the FOMO of last year, basically. I knew mm-hmm. like last year that I wanted to go to this one this year. So as soon as the tickets came out, I bought them up and um, the standard price was 95 euro. And I think that the plus tickets were about 120. Um, mm-hmm. Now, being an annual pass holder, 
I, I had a ticket for the day anyway, so I didn't see any value in going for the plus ticket. Yeah. Um, I'll get back to that a bit later about what happened with regards to those two tickets. But um, so I bought mine uh, with my annual pass through Disney Direct because I get an annual pass discount. Um, I think I paid 84, 85 euro, but classic Disneyland Paris, they add on 10 euro delivery charge to send it to you in the post. No. So, I mean, um, this is not a plug, by the way. I know everyone knows that I work with attraction tickets, but attraction tickets are just digital delivery and it was just 95 euro um, up front. Whereas this was 85 with a discount plus 10. So, so you anyway. paid the same? Paid the same, <laughs> and, and it oh, wasn't sold out, so I could have just bought it on the on the on the day for this. That's really good though that you've pointed that mm. out though for people who are buying tickets for future events, uh, just to watch out for that extra delivery charge. And you know, if there is an option just to have it emailed to you or add it to your Apple Wallet or whatever it is you can do to save yourself ten euro, like that's a lot of money. Yeah, and I had no choice in the matter. Um, it was the last thing that the you know the salesperson on the help desk said to me was, um by the way, your total is this much. And I was like, sorry, hang on, what is that? I thought, I thought I was getting a discount here. Oh, well, lessons learned. Um, so the so the regular ticket um, officially got me in from seven, but as I said, I had an annual pass for the day. So I just went in about four o'clock. And then when I met up with Andrea, we went to Stark Factory um, for dinner at about six, got a slice of pizza. And that was around the time they were kind of getting people to leave. Now, I already had my wristband um, you got a yellow wristband if you had a regular ticket and a pink wristband if you had a plus ticket. So apparently they were going through studios um, asking people with the yellow wristband or no wristband to leave studios and then come back in at seven. Um, this was happening between kind of half five and seven just to kind of filter the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I was in Stark Factory, uh, which is in Avengers Campus, like they're not going to come in and take the pizza out of your mouth and <laughs> tell you to leave. <laughs> So we just left about half six and by, by that time they weren't going to make any effort kicking people out of, of the parks just for the sake of 15 minutes. But I do know some people, um, I won't name names because they're not here to represent themselves, but <laughs> there was a little, there was a little bit of, um, argy bargy is too much, just a, a kind of a, a strong discussion at the gates. Um, when they were told they had to leave and then come back and, you know, it just seems so kind of bureaucratic and the, the, the event wasn't sold out everyone who wants like had a ticket or whatever so like i mean there was alcohol checks on the way into the event and yep. my my bottle of water got forcibly opened and sniffed by security <laughs> nice um, yeah nice so hygienic there oh big time sure covid a long time ago <laughs> um yeah, so that was that was the ticket situation. Um, so for that, like that was just literally just entry. There wasn't like you got a little um, wristband to say that you're you're eligible to be in the parks, but there was no nothing in, included with that ninety five euro, which is pretty much double the price of the annual pass party. Now, I'll just preface that with saying the annual pass party for me was a disaster. I didn't like mm-hmm. it at all. It was all in French. The the kind of uh, treasure hunt vibe was you know using an app that was all in french that you had to go around and find like disneyland park the main park mm. is so big i think it's the biggest castle park in the world yeah i wouldn't be surprised eight. yeah and you were expected with basically no help to go around all the corners of the park in the dark 
and find selfie spots with characters. So I think they got an awful lot of backlash from that, um, yeah. particularly with international visitors. Um, because it, it's a park, I know, I know, I know. I hear people in the back of my head saying the park is in Paris, but it's kind of, it was built as Euro Disney. It was built as the park for Europe. And mm-hmm. I know 80% of the guests are French, but I would say more than 20% of the revenue is outside of France. So yeah. I think Disneyland Paris brought back um, to the drawing board their entire party plans. Um, and um, yeah, but like from organizational point of view, I felt that the Pride Party was good. I thought that um, there was a hiccup with one of the acts, which was unfortunately the only English-speaking act, Callum Scott. He had technical issues, and then he asked Disneyland Paris, could he go acoustic? Um, and they said no. Like, probably wasn't I guess the vibe. They were looking for a bit. Yeah. That's it. That's what I kind of thought. Because I was originally, I was a bit like, oh, well, at least he's trying. And like, if that still is, at least he did try and come on. But like, I guess acoustic's not really the vibe that they're going for at the Pride Party. Uh, I did have this question further yeah. on down my list, but we're kind of on to it now anyway. So I might as well answer it. Like, you were saying you paid 90, well, 84 plus a 10, 10 year delivery yeah. fee. Do you feel like overall that the Pride Party was actually worth that money? Um, or do you think that they, they should have maybe charged more, charged less? What do you think? So, Megan, you know me. I'm an eternal optimist. I have a massive optimism bias <laughs> with regards <laughs> anything to do with. And plus that, I don't get out much, okay? I got two small kids. This was the first, like, anything resembling any sort of, like, a fun night out, late night, you know? So just keep that in mind, please, to okay, everyone who's okay. comparing maybe to last year or people who go to, like, you know, if you were Harry Styles the weekend before and then you went to the Pride Party, you might think differently to me. Um, So... I had an absolutely fantastic time. I would not regret spending 95 euro on that night. Um, I think the people I was hanging out with on the night made a lot of that. You know, we had great banter, great crack. We had just so much fun. There was never like standing around saying, oh, what are we doing next or whatever. We always had, I think studios lends itself to these events so well. Just Completely. the flow of the event. I mean, you're always, and the whole event was anchored by the concert. So if you moved from Avengers Campus down to Plaster Remy to meet another character over to Toon Studio or whatever, you always got a glimpse or you heard the concert. And it kind of made it all so just ravey, you know? It, like the atmosphere was heightened by that. They had, I think, I'm gonna say three bars, definitely two, I think there was three though. Three bars and they were kind of like very PG bars. I think they had these shots that were, might or might not have been alcoholic they were kind of shooters they were looked like jello or i don't know what they were very colorful they had those last um, year as well i was dubious as to yeah. whether there was actually alcohol in them or whether they were just like mm. fruit jelly <laughs> yeah so like i didn't partake um the lovely tina tina loves disneyland paris on instagram she brought me a beer from like studio d down to ratatouille which was <laughs> what a legend which was a good like it's probably a mile, probably a mile walk with a beer. Oh, shout out um, to Tina. And I was so parched because, yeah, I had um, I had uh, a salted pretzel about two hours beforehand and I was just so parched. Oh. Um, and it just hit my tongue and just evaporated. So shout out to Tina. She's an absolute legend. Um, so um, I, I, I returned the favor, by the way, and I got her <laughs> a beer. And I probably traveled half the way with that beer. Um, but yeah, like I mean, what happened was, so 
I started off with the parade. The, there was a little dedication ceremony by the ambassadors. You know, Natasha Rafalski did not make the stage um, as expected in the current climate. And the ambassadors did a little speech. You know, we had a great dance routine by, uh, you know, Mickey Me, Donald Daisy, Goofy, Pluto, Clar- uh, Clarice. I'm probably missing one or two there, but definitely those seven. Um, they actually did a pre-parade in the main park just to give a I bit saw. of hype. That looked That's... fantastic. I'm really glad they did that because yeah last year there just wasn't any kind of um indication in the other park that pride was happening at all it was mm. just completely uh, a non-thing but i think maybe because they were still t- selling tickets on the gate maybe they were trying to hype people up to to stick their hands in their pockets yeah, and maybe yeah, buy a ticket yeah. to the well, next event but in the main park you definitely knew it was pride let me just mm. say that like the guests were colorful <laughs> oh yeah you know, guests like, always but pride. like yeah the enter- the, uh, the guests last year as well, you could definitely tell there was a lot of rainbow going on, but like in terms of the actual en- like entertainment offerings, decorations and stuff in the Disneyland Park, there was last year there were they had nothing at all. Um but I think again that yeah. event was sold out, so there was no real need for them to be advertising it either. Yeah. So like back to the kind of the organization. So what you have was we we had the parade after the dedication, and the parade was apparently less characters than last year. But they completely jazzified the uh, Pride song and they ramped it up to like 2023 on the scale. They, they mixed it in. The, the guy who was definitely in charge of probably something to do with Ready for the Ride or I just think Disneyland Paris is smashing all, everything to do with music right now. Because if you listen to the, the remix of Around the World, uh, the Pride theme tune for Disney, um, they actually played the original song in California a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people, um, I think they released some promotional material online for Disneyland Paris Pride and had the new version. And everyone was like, oh, that's, you know, that remix is, is not very good or whatever. Like, you know. But then it, it played for 25 minutes and it was, I would have listened to it for an hour. <laughs> it was a fantastic remix. And like, I've been listening to it since I got home. And Where can just, you listen to it? Is I, it online? Is it on I Spotify, YouTube? So I'm going to drop a plug in here. Um, I made a reel with it. Um, so you can listen to my reel. Um, there's also a fantastic TikTok account called Soundtrack of DLP, mm-hmm. who kind of extracts uh, super high quality versions of all the kind of scores for rides and parades over the years. So you can listen to it there. But Disneyland Paris haven't released this brand new jazzy version of around the world and they should because it's an absolute banger and Ireland will happily take it for the Eurovision if they want to give it to us next year <laughs> <laughs> hopefully but they do hopefully just, they do just, drop it yeah I just I, I just thought it was great like it, like it was just it just built and built and built and then like I don't know just go listen to it it's fantastic around the world 2023 I assume is the name of it um so after the parade then um, myself and Andrea hightailed it down to uh Place de Remy because we thought that some of our friends were gonna be down there um, but they had stopped off at Stitch. So we got into the queue for Remy. Mm-hmm. And there was a bit of organizational mayhem down at Place de Remy with queues. You know, I think that a lot of the cast members were actually in the parade. So the cast members who were then tasked, this is this just shows you what cast members have to do, okay? 100%. Cast members who were dancing their socks off in the parade, and these are not dancers, okay? There was some professional dancers in the parade. But most of them were like custodial. They were... um you know like what they call them guest flow and things like that they were they're not dancers and like 
oh my god fair play to them because they were just giving us socks for 25 minutes in a parade where they probably never done in their lives and um, they hightailed it down to their jobs then and they you know took up station in front of plaster remy in, to- in front of tune studio and down the avengers campus and organized all the meets and organized mm-hmm. all the selfie spots um so once the cast members arrived it was it was fantastically organized you know you had a queue for remy you had a queue he also had priority queues and uh, priority pass queues and then another queue which seemed to be a lot of people with inside knowledge um probably with inside ears and <laughs> <laughs> um, created a second queue that turned out to be edna mode which nobody else knew about so that was on the program there. very cryptic oh. very cryptically um mm. in the meet and greet they they didn't like specify in the program uh exactly which characters were meeting but they said in plaster me there would be a stylist a chef and did anyone ever find out who the valet was that was the other thing no. there was like did it, like i think that must have been just like some kind nope. of bad translation or something because nobody could work out which character it was yeah. like a stylist a chef and a valet and I was, everyone's like who's this valet um but oh maybe the valet is something similar to um emile you know emile's character mm. i was thinking was it a bad translation of like cars i was like is there going to be like a, a different cars character come out or something um but sure i don't know um but that's good that edna mode came out that's a character that you don't see meeting and greeting at disneyland paris pretty much ever so that, that's yeah good and they, they had pull um, out some rare ones there was a lot of love yeah there was a lot of love for um you know like frozone was in the parade and marie was in the parade they didn't make an appearance after that i don't think marie um, did um Oh, Elaine and Toby met Marie. Yeah, because um, Elaine's a hardcore oh, Marie fan. I actually cried when she <laughs> sent me through the selfie because she's been going to Disneyland for years and has never met her. And she finally, finally met her um, at Pride. But I don't think their meet and greet was long. I think they were only out for a little while. I don't think many guests actually got to partake in that one. I think I think maybe they they switched out Remy and Edna Mode for Marie. And probably, probably that's what happened. Um, so then Avengers Campus was, was I wouldn't say hopping all night, but it was always activity all night. So down at um, where you usually have the Wakanda show and the Guardians of the Galaxy dance off, mm-hmm. there was always um, Avengers swapping in and out. So I nearly lost my life um, <laughs> at, the second, <laughs> at the second coming of Christ when <laughs> um, I, went, I went down and it was uh, Sam Wilson, Captain America. And... Yeah. You know he's he's great um sam wilson has let's just say been updated recently and the cast member is just so friendly and is is truly um sam wilson like there's no like the character portrayal is spot on he's so friendly and then um we, i think we doubled back again and i came back to avengers campus later on the night and there was carol <gasps> and carol danvers there was carol Princess Carol. Princess um, Carol. I wouldn't say that to her face. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that to her face. And then, like an angel, came Natasha Romanoff. And I didn't know where to look. Like, I wear glasses. I've got four eyes. I didn't have any eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they were kind of switching in, switching out. I didn't get to get a picture with Natasha. You know, I just think it's one of those things that will probably never happen because I don't know what else I'll have left in life once that happens. Oh, bucket list item. Um, yeah. So we'll keep that on the to-do list, um, bad pun. And uh, maybe I'll meet her in training center sometime soon. 
fingers crossed fingers crossed i don't know what i'd do if yeah. i saw natasha romanoff like just in the in, you know, in the flesh <laughs> yep um so yeah like I, I have to mention studio one like studio one kind of elevated into some sort of temple for the night um there was multiple platforms i i thought that studio one was going to be just you know up on the balcony where mm-hmm. mickey greets you into the into in, in the park most yeah. days but no they they placed little platforms um over at the headpack corner and over at the petrol pumps and up on the stages was um uh, pluto and goofy and pluto sorry goofy was like doing his best impression of clarabelle that wow. was, it was it was yas queen goofy oh yasified know? goofy we're um, here for that oh completely and then mickey and minnie were over like literally five yards away and they were in their pride outfits and then every time like they switched over every half an hour or so every, maybe every hour and like just the energy when they're walking from like backstage onto the onto the little podiums they had these were selfie spots by the way like mm. you know mickey and minnie leaned into you but there was no meet and greet there's no yep. know, autographs no hugs. or like it wasn't one-on-one like they were just getting between the selfies quickly but in between that like again yassified completely like minnie strutting herself down the rainbow carpet good girl she was on fire good girl like she was she was like a horse like the, <laughs> <laughs> the legs the legs just absolutely cantering down down studio one it was just the vibe was unbelievable and Shout out also to the ACC uh, cast members, you know, the, the chaperones that they have, because there was just so much going on in Studio One and the chaperones um, made sure that the characters like knew that to delight as many uh, guests as possible. You know, they were sounds like that. the VIPs definitely yeah. understood the assignment for the event anyway. I've seen loads of really, really good feedback on the studio one um because i know some people were kind of initially a bit disappointed that it was selfie spots only but it looked like it was really really good fun and i think a lot of people has kind of changed their mind by the end of the night yeah and and just breaking news also i went on crush coaster for the first time ever 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 ever, ever. what what did you think what's the vibe um so i liked it i was scared of it um simply because i thought it was going to be like you know either dizzy or puke and getting off but I won't be rushing back onto it, but there's nothing really to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that for a lot of people. Um, now, it is very spinny. I was sitting at the back, which our friend Tom tells us is the worst place to sit if you're in any way um, not used to spinny or fast roller coasters. Um, but sure, why not? Like, you know, mm-hmm. in for a penny, in for a pound. That's and um, I'm not, I, I guess the theming inside the coaster, I don't think was great. I think it's kind of industrial, you know, the way you can see the track. Um, and yeah. I did like the, there's a couple of scenes um, that are nice, but you're just, you're, you're just waiting for the next kind of drop and spin and, and you'd spin while you're dropping. So it's entirely uh, discombobulating the whole thing. Um, and when you're doing that, you get to see the, the track that's ahead of you or, or the track that's further on the ride. So you're kind of missing a little bit of, um, suspensive imagination there because the track is so visible yeah um but yeah it's I, i'm glad that i went on you know um one person in the party had a priority pass and he was like you haven't been on come on on with me so i was like thanks a million because like i, I would not even the queue at the pride party was uh, 40 minutes of course 
and there's no cues for anything. And that like crush coaster is usually 90 to 120 minutes on a normal day. It's it's such a, a low capacity ride. Like it really is. You can only get what two two people on one at what two people on one side of the car and two on the other. So you're only really getting four people on each one and you can see how the queues really do build up, but I think you picked the right time to go on it anyway, um, f- with a priority pass holder yeah. and like on yeah. Friday night anyway, like you're never going to get a 40 minute queue for that during a normal day. Um, but where else was I going to ask you? Um, I was going to ask if you would go to another pride event at Disneyland Paris based on your experience of the one you just went to, has it inspired you to come back or, um, did you think that it didn't live up to your expectations or it did? I feel like a lot of people said the same to me when they were like telling me about it, that their night was more made by the people around them and the people that they met and the crack they had rather than the quality of the the event itself. Uh, but I'm just keen to hear yeah, whether like it's, it's made you want to go back. It's hard to separate um, the experience from what was provided by the party. You know, it's kind of hard when it was all just happening around and like there was like five or six of us going around the party for the whole night. So it was like and again, like the people I was with were great fun. So and, and I was constantly meeting other people throughout the night that I knew from like Instagram or knew from from other things that I've seen earlier that day. So I never really felt and like there was like notable cast members just on a, on a day off who were at Pride because mm-hmm. they wanted to be there. Yeah. And you just felt like. You just felt like everyone was having a great time. So, I mean, if I was going, I don't know anybody. Well, would anybody go solo to the pride party, like completely solo, and not know anybody that they were going to meet there? I'm not sure they would. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not sure I would recommend that even because if you're alone for the whole night, you might purely like write down. If you write down what happened with regards the, you know, the I would say substandard lineup, and yeah. then the the degradation with the technical issues. And then um, the character meet um, situation not being particularly special, even though it was made special by the by the characters themselves. Um, you would say, oh, nothing special there. But I felt it was a very special night. I just felt that it was so cool to have such a party on in studios. I'd never been to a party in studios before. And it's just so much better than the main park. I think and, all ticketed yeah. events should be in the studios until they sort out the situation in the main park. Like they should just move everything yeah. into studios, move Halloween, move Christmas if they wanted. If I know they're not doing it this year, but if they want to do that in future years, until they've got the part the party situation in the Disneyland Park perfected, they should just stick to studios. Like if they're gonna do it in park, they should close off uh from the from, just have Discoveryland, Main Street, and Frontierland maximum. Mm. You know, close off because I mean you can go asleep in Adventureland by yourself and nobody will wake you up until the morning. True. So they could easily do that, but um, yeah, I know I thought it was great. I like if it's on next year, I'll be going again. Fantastic! And I will see you there. Hopefully, I'll, hopefully, I'll, hopefully, I'll convince you to come back again. <laughs> I will, though. I will. I feel like I had um, because I absolutely loved last year. Last year was just bigger and better than I could have ever hoped. Um, for me, I felt a bit let down this year compared to last year, just in terms of the lineup and. You know, it, it all just felt a bit strange to me the way that the tickets were brought out so much earlier and the lineup was so late coming out. And I don't know, it just didn't spark enough in me um, to pay as much money 
to go but i did have major yeah, fomo on that's... the night saying all of you's all there because that was the fomo i had on the night was seeing the people that were there i would have loved to have been there with you all um but for me from watching at home it didn't the event didn't seem to hit the same but i'm really glad that everyone that you were with had a really good night that's the main thing um that nobody kind of came away saying like that they regretted coming or regretted spending the money so that's really good um i'm just going to check my questions see if there's anything else there that i was going to ask oh well, here's a good one so to round it all off if you could sum up the event in one sentence what would it be oh i missed that question earlier in my preparation for this <laughs> <laughs> um you're giving away oh, our secrets that i sentence. prepped you with a question yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no well like, I, I had to make sure that i wasn't gonna get cancelled by any any sort of leading questions story of our lives um, if i was to sum up in one sentence i would say that um as per usual the people make the party mm -hmm. and it was a fantastic backdrop for the people having a great time at the party fab it's the people make the party i think that's a good one to end it on that is yeah. that that's a quote that is going in the sound bites love it love it love it love it so i think we should maybe wrap it up there for this week's this month's episode what do you think is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up yeah and absolutely like i mean like we're gonna be back probably very soon this episode is called trips ahoy and miss megan here is soon off to disneyland paris yes three more sleeps my I, mentally i've already completely disengaged from um just work and reality i'm on the plane already um <laughs> so hopefully the next couple of days i'll just fly in i'm really looking forward to it because it's been a year since i've been in disneyland paris because my, my last time was pride last year so i know super like, eager i can't to wait back. to see you there because like i go so often and i feel that it's you know i feel i i, I just i'm so familiar with the place and i i'm barely gone before I come back again and I just can't wait to see you there and you having your fun and you know you haven't been there in a while because you've been distracted by the American parks mm. but I do hope that uh, Disneyland Paris reminds you of how special it is oh 100% I've already got another trip booked as well for March as well so I'll only be away for Yo. another like sort of couple of months anyway uh, before I'm back in business and then hopefully back with another annual pass fingers crossed um yeah and we'll have to get a Irish ears trip going we will we absolutely for... will just for content for the podcast yeah we could do a live podcast from disneyland paris <laughs> there we go let us know in the comments if that's something you'd be interested in listening to i'm sure we could pull manifest that off that into the world yeah let's manifest it anyway thank you everybody who has listened today we really appreciate it and if you enjoyed the episode and if you're still here i'd like to think it's because you're enjoying the episode make sure to like leave us reviews like it on whatever platform that you're listening to it on because it really helps us get the word out um and it really gives us an idea of who's enjoying the podcast and the kind of content that hits with you guys the stuff that misses because we just want to make it the best it, make it be the best it can be so do you want to show us out then that is a wrap on episode two of irish ears at disney fancast you can keep the speed with both stuart on disneyland paris tips for irish and megan on megan loves magic please send us your feedback or anything you'd like to discuss on the podcast we have lots of ideas and we hope to get through in the coming months but for now we'll say abianto see you soon bye bye bye